On this episode of Content Sessions, we talked to Eric Kim about building technology empires. Or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, no problem. No Appreciate problem. Thanks it. Thanks for yeah, having me on. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, I was on your guys' new podcast yeah. yesterday, The North Report. Right, North Su- Report. Super exciting. I was very jealous of your uh, equipment setup. Yeah, it's, it's, we spent some time because I, I actually uh, was into a little bit of audio production back in the day. So I had a little bit of research going into it, you know, and found all the, uh, the budget equipment. So yeah, worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And so before we kind of get into the business of it, just because I'm kind of addicted to this medium right now, mm. um, I, what you just started it uh, maybe like what, a month ago, the podcast thing? So we started recording like uh, yeah, over a month ago, actually, but we just launched uh, last week. Right, so this week was our second episode. It actually, just came out today. Nice. Uh, so we were, we were trying to kind of have a bank queued up like four weeks in advance, but the recordings are there. But getting it, like getting the process of getting everything mastered and get everything edited, and getting all the assets for uh, the actual album cover and all that stuff, it takes longer. Yeah. So we, we're figuring out it's been about like a two week buffer instead. But you know, it's um, yeah, we just kind of we kind of got into it from the advice of our sales advisor. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. and that was more kind of just like getting putting out more content, having your face and your name on things, getting people to hear the voice. Yeah, it's it's actually, it was kind of came from um, uh, a little bit from chatting with you as well a little bit, right? It's like that whole idea of providing value. So initially the podcast has uh, was meant to be geared towards, um, you know, it's just speaking to tech entrepreneurs and, and, and getting their, their expertise and their advice in their field, mm. right? So we can kind of provide some content to other other founders that don't have that expertise like for example we don't have marketing in-house which is why we're speaking with you right right um we don't have uh i don't have a sales background my co-founder doesn't have a sales background so we engage and we spoke with um uh a sales advisor essentially right so like we try to get all these people in that have these that can fill in the knowledge gaps for other people and try to get their their take on what they do yeah right? absolutely and it's fun and i like the long for like the longer form version of it, you take a couple of pictures afterwards. I mean, I have to come with the video, but like, yeah, yeah. Um, it makes producing content for the business easier. It, I guess so. I mean, it, with that, because that's the thing, right? <laughs> with the podcast recording, you kind of get a few more mediums. You can get a few things out of it, right? Yeah. You get like you get like like tips out of it. You get like a few snippets. You get like great quotes out of it. You get like oh, here's a list of of of, of some software someone mentioned and. You can kind of reuse that in blog posts and like social media everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's- and then you found a cool program. Uh, I had told you about the one called Wave W A V V E dot co, mm. where it's like you can put your audio clips over top of a picture and it shows you the sound waves in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. You found another one that you said was cooler. I haven't looked at it. Yeah, yeah. It's called Headliner. So um, I looked into Wave. We we created a couple of videos from it. Like it's it worked out great, right? But um, I just looked it up because they did have a uh, wave does have like a pay tier primarily right there's some free mm-hmm. audio there but um we weren't sold on it completely <laughs> not yeah not much one right? minute a month yeah something like that yeah. so we weren't completely sold on it so i did, I did a little bit of research in headliner um i think they have like an indefinite free tier for certain features you yeah. know so that's i think that's where we're on yeah 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 i think i'm paying like 10 bucks a month for okay. like 10 minutes yeah but i'll tell you with a podcast every week and two or three snippets with the blurs on it, yeah. it goes real fast. Yeah, right. Like how often do you recycle yeah. it when you're doing the promotion for your, for your, for your podcast? Like, do you, do you like often do like what, like a minute clip or two minutes of advertising or promotions for that specific episode or? Um, so it depends. So I, we, I like to get like a couple one minute long that are good for Instagram posts. Mm. Um, and then some that like maybe 30 seconds for Instagram stories. Yeah. Um, but then if I'm doing one for an ad, I try and find like a 15 to 25 second punch 
because okay. they don't like the ads to be quite as long. Right. Uh, or And some of them, you, there's limitations on how long. Like Instagram story has, a, I think, 30 seconds. I'm not too sure. I don't, I I can't, don't do stories that I can't often, remember. So. I can't do a lot. I don't do a lot of video story yeah. that are ads, so it's I can't remember either. But okay. yeah, there are some like, there are a bit of a cap on it. But you know what? Um, I feel like not many people know that because if you look at some of these Instagram story ads, they just cut off. They yeah. just they just suddenly cut off like half of them just cut off right you know it's wild yeah they but, just, you know. they just have they just let it go and then the pot the platform maybe cuts it yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah um, okay cool and then so let's talk about I want to talk about quantum mob so how old is the business uh, so we just turned three uh, April twenty well, like a month of last year last month right yeah so three yeah. years um, it uh, it was definitely a journey to get here. I think like we're very comfortable with where it is now mm. and the growth that we've seen. But you know that first year was definitely a grind. It's like uh, it was just me, and my co-founder, essentially trying to grind it out, like yeah. out of Starbucks, out of like you know our, our like his home, my home. We're just traveling around, right? And it's just like um, it was hard to focus. It was hard to like like really know exactly what to do. So that first year was just a learning experience. You yeah, know? like that's all it was, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. And and so you guys do primarily mobile apps or or yeah. So website infrastructure. Our service offering. So what we do is like we do we do um uh, I guess pretty much digital consulting. So we do uh, we're a development shop primarily, right? Like our core service offering. What we're do what we're, what we're experts at is um, software development. That includes web and mobile apps, right? Mm. So when I say web, I don't mean like landing sites or marketing pages. Um, Unless it's a little bit more dynamic, you know, we need like a database, we need like an API, mm. uh, we need like some some backend, like we need those in our apps for us to build it out because that's what we're good at, right? Right. And so we don't want to be like like you know we have there's marketing houses that can build out like a landing page or a marketing page, right? Yeah. But we do uh, more of the web apps for like enterprise companies or startups, things like that. Yeah, portal yeah. things, something with portals and, and different yeah. function. Exactly. If you think about like. Um, like imagine what you have like on your phone, like any kind of mobile app, right? Mm -hmm. If you just translate that to, to, to a browser, that's like kind of what we build in the browser and we build like mobile apps on the phone, like the same thing. Do you find a lot of customers will take both? Yeah, you, like so they do. Uh, well, okay, so here's the thing, right? A lot of, there, it's, it's about like 50-50 to be honest, right? Some people kind of come in uh, wanting something online like web because it's a little bit more accessible to everybody, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then um, mobile apps are a little bit more geared, like geared towards, I guess, like a more tech savvy demographic or younger demographic, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we have had one client recently that wanted strictly a mobile app. That was like a recent thing. Everyone else wanted either both or or, or web. Web based, right? Yeah. But then turns around that client emailed me this week saying, "Hey, could you give me a quote on the web now? Like, well, we want to bring <laughs> right. it to the web, right? Yeah. Because um, launching strictly mobile is it's not a bad thing, right? right? But then you're not you're not you're not covering like you can cover mobile by having a website because right. we build everything responsive, yeah. right? Yeah, hmm. definitely. And so, what's the what's the main type of products that you guys work on? It's obviously whatever kind of customer comes in the door from from our conversations. But like, yeah. who who do you work with the most? What type of business? Um, I think that's changed over over uh, our our business. So initially, it was um, we we're trying to look at more uh, enterprise enterprisey uh, not necessarily from the scale but from like the the technological needs aspect mm. like things that are were regulated things that like um, were, were more around portals and things like that and then we looked at um, engaging more startups and we said we thought you know we wanted to build some cool new products so we started speaking with startups and now we're um, kind of tackling the both enterprise and startups but focusing more in the in the loyalty space Got but it. that happened more 
uh, organically, right? Mm. Like the customers that came to us or the clients that came to us um, from all these under other like various industries, like they're they're in all their industries, like like even even restaurants, right? Like a chain, like a restaurant chain would come right. up to us. Like at one point we were speaking with, um, I guess I can't, I shouldn't name names, but like you know, like 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 a sports related organization, right? Sure. Like these, everyone needs loyalty. That's yeah. the thing. That's like a common thing across all yeah, industries, it's a right? Big industry. Yeah, and so it feels very disjointed right now, though. It seems like there's a million different restaurant loyalty things and like ritual and all these ones. And I'm like, where it just feels like, especially in the restaurant space, like yeah. ha, it's they're already struggling with integrating with like Uber Eats and Skip and all these other things to right. get. You know what I mean? The amount of sales people that walk into restaurants, yeah, crazy. No, for but, sure. But yeah, I do. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of need for it. Yeah, it's 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 like you know in the loyalty space, it's it's been it's been pretty good because um, there's that need. And plus, we're working with some great partners as well, like some third party, other third party. I guess the third party to us, but they're they're like really successful companies, right? Um, so they've been uh, working closely with us and, and and our clients, and it's it's been pretty solid. Like the ecosystem is is great, you know. Mm. Um, and so, I guess we're we're kind of coming in as like the the software vendor, like the the guys who build that custom piece or portal. Right, um, just to name some companies like we worked with Air Miles recently on a lot of their redemption portals. Right, mm -hmm. uh, so like some of their merchandise redemption, like their e vouchers, their perks, um, and we're going to be working across a few more of their platforms. Uh, we also helped AMD out from last year. We're continuing to work with them, and so you know, like it's it's been it's been we're getting more into kind of like the enterprisey loyalty side. Got which it. is interesting. Yeah. Got it. Did you think that it was going to go? Was that kind of a plan, or did that just kind no, of assembled in? A little exactly. Bit? Like it, it was wild because what happened was um, we started kicking up our marketing and our, and our sales efforts pretty heavily last year, right? At one point, and then um, we, we we saw that that kind of was a need in the industry, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't like we weren't targeting uh, industries. We weren't targeting. We tried targeting various industries, but we never at one point said. Hey, let's just target loyalty, right? right. We targeted, um, like, let's say, like the game industry, and they came with loyalty, like a loyalty ask. We, we, we yeah. target like the restaurant industry that came with a loyalty ask, and like that yeah. was like a thing, right? Yeah. And then the products that that, that were built out were uh, just just happened to actually be coincident, like in the loyalty space. It yeah. was just, it was it was just a luck. <laughs> I don't know, right? A little <laughs> yeah. bit, right? Yeah. Well, you just like whatever people ask for. Yeah. Like, we do, you know, we do work with a couple of of hip hop artists that like all they want to know is like, you know, what's the best time to tech to post something or should I post this or give me some ideas around this? And mm -hmm. like, we just text them and give them ideas and they're happy. Like right. you kind of make the products as they come. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly, right. That's, it's, it's pretty cool. So I mean mm -hmm. like, um, you know, you work, you, you do a lot of work in, in like various platforms for, for social media and I guess like not just social media marketing platforms, right? Mm. I guess like like loyalty or like customer retention is like a big piece of what you do as well, right? Yeah, it's like it's onboarding new uh, new new clients and, and every everyone else, but also I think I read something recently. It's like they said retention is the new onboarding, right? Yeah, you know. Well, the cost of acquiring new customers is a nightmare. Exactly, and right? getting them in a position, getting them comfortable, making sure they're happy, understanding who they are, and like how to service what they want and what their expectations are. Right. So. It's, it's a big undertaking every time you bring on somebody new, as you probably know, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, if there's a natural fit within the, the customer base that you have, mm -hmm. hey, we can also make you this, or right. we can also do that. It's an easier yes from them, they already trust you. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe that really strongly. So then if you're doing marketing, right? So like, I guess a lot of the efforts that you are involved 
and pertain to new client onboarding, right? Most um, of it? I would say 75% for us. Okay. And then the yeah. rest is kind of like the, the whole loyalty aspect, right? Yeah. So we do a lot of like email marketing to existing customer okay. base or, you know, launching new products to the base, depending on the client. But yeah, we yeah. do, yeah, we do, depending on the customer as well. Sometimes there's not a lot to say. It's just like, it's a pure, just like, here's a piece of software that you want to use. And so mm -hmm. you can drive value around, here's what's going on or here's some interesting stuff. But like some doesn't work for everybody depending on how boring your product is <laughs> that reminds no but that reminds me of like so like you know once you have customers onboarded onto your mm. platform i think um when you were on our podcast you spoke about or you mentioned that um, you were exposed to this like super hyper dynamically um like localized uh, marketing campaign right yeah and that i feel like that would probably work really well with um with people that are already on the platform like especially if they kind of touch like one piece and touch another piece and they kind of went away for a bit like they get like um just like touch points here and there. Um, do, you, do you get involved like in automating some of that kind of stuff like, to a certain degree? Yeah, you definitely should automate. Yeah. I think the process of, of trying to manually execute, depending on what level, yeah. uh, is, is a really big challenge. I know like even just from, uh, even just from like a remarketing standpoint, it's like you want to serve an ad to somebody based on four or five different things that they've done or haven't done within mm -hmm. a website or based on content they've interacted with. So even within the ad spectrum of it, right. um, yeah, you do want to set up, you know, different rules that trigger cause you, cause each person needs a custom feeling journey. Mm -hmm. right? right. And if you can't deliver that one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. you cannot, if the, the more intelligently you automate it, the more it feels one-on-one. -on -one. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you're right. Like you have to automate it intelligently. Like we, we are involved in some kind of, uh, drip marketing a little bit as well and it's mm. all about having the copy be personable but still be automated right and yeah. when people receive our emails i feel like we have some pretty solid marketing emails and um you know they think it's personal right i've had someone yeah. ask me like straight up like hey did you write this because i can't tell and i responded like hey i'm gonna be honest with you like you are on a campaign right now right. but listen I'm a, I'm a real person right yeah. let's chat now right? yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah and there's always like the more data points you can get from that person mm -hmm. and the more ways that you can tag them in the back end of what you're doing yeah. the easier it becomes to understand what they've interacted with or what they've right. done even just even just you know first name last name makes a big difference when you can address yeah. that person by name via correspondence via or instead of like hey user or hey sign up yeah. you know what i mean if you've yeah. got their name it, it automatically brings that like oh crap that's true you're talking to me yeah yeah so let's talk about let's talk about your growth because you guys are going growing super rapidly right now. oh yeah um the growth has been pretty great um i'm just gonna reposition this but the growth yeah. has been going pretty great like uh so like let's let's bring it back a little mm. bit right yeah. so that first year the first year was two okay and then after that, we grew to about six, seven, right, for the next year. And then now we are at 20. We're looking to get, like, um, we have two more starting in the next uh, couple of weeks. And we're looking to get uh, two more. We have to get two more in the next month, like month and a half, right? Got it. So um, the growth has been spectacular. But I feel like it's mainly attributed to just figuring out all the other processes that were involved. Right? It's like growing our business, we have to learn the space. We have to learn how to do sales, how to do some marketing, right? right? Because that's what we didn't know because I'm a developer. My, my yeah. co-founder is a developer. Like yeah, we don't, yeah. we didn't know the first thing when it came to sales. The only thing that I had exposure to was when I developed on Salesforce for a year, mm. I'm like, Oh, this is a CRM. And right. like, okay, there's a dashboard. Yeah. Here's some reports. Like, um, 
here's a pipeline. So I understood the concept of a pipeline, but yeah. I don't know what they meant, right? right. The stage, it's like, what's a lead, right? <laughs> right. So, um, but that was all the learning phase. And like our sales, our sales how, advisor helped us. How did you, sorry, but just before yeah. you go past that, how did you guys dive into that learning curve? Like, was it just like YouTube or you talked to people? Yeah, I mean, or? seriously, like, like that's what it is, right? Because so developers, oh, this is like, this is like everyone knows. At least developers know this, right? Like right. developers, we're just really good at Googling stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, that's, that's all it is, right? Yeah. Um, it's about, it's about like you're stuck on a problem. You're at home. You just like Google it 10 different ways and you mm. click 10 different links and you, okay, this is probably, I'll try this. No, that didn't work. I'll try this, right? Yeah. That's all it is. So you look at all the top developers that just spend a ton of time Googling. They know mm. how to research. Yeah. That's why. That's why they're good at what they do. Mm. So, I mean, when we approach sales, we just researched a ton of articles a ton of different links and how to do things 10 different ways yeah and then we just figured out the best yeah. one or what was the most consistent message that you received and then move forward with that um when it came to sales <laughs> yeah like i mean you know you, you read 10 things and yeah. well three of them said something similar and this sounds right so yeah let's do it i mean i guess the consistent thing when it came to sales is, was like um uh just reach out you know don't be afraid that like people are going to be annoyed or that like don't be afraid that like like, I mean, sales rejection in the beginning was like, we had a, we had a big meeting. We're like, Oh, got to like push pretty far. And it's like, the client said, no, we're like, oh, we really thought we were going to close this guy and, <laughs> right. and it didn't happen. And it was like disheartening, but now it's like, it's nothing, right? It's a, it's a yeah. numbers game, but it's yeah. about like, you, you try to build that relationship, but then there could be various reasons why it falls off and you can't be disheartened by anything like that. Yeah. And that was like something that we learned. Um, we also learned that like, um, you have to do a ton of follow-up, like follow-up is key, right? Yeah. Um, I think we read a statistic initially we thought or we read that you have to have like eight touch points sometimes before someone responds or you have to have like 20 touch points before uh, you close a sale and initially we were like that's wild that's way too many too touch many points times. right no one wants to talk to me that many times exactly but it's it, it's natural now we understand it because we've been mm -hmm. through it right yeah so and I would imagine your conversion rate in the last year has skyrocketed because of different things our conversion rate actually um, it's it hasn't been bad. I wouldn't mm. say that the, the conversion rate has gone better, right? Yeah. But it's something that we do need to uh, work on a little bit more because it comes down to the marketing, right? Yeah. Uh, when it comes like strictly from a sales side, um, we've been working on on fixing every part of the pipe, right? Um, you know, get get some like solid warm leads, like well informed to a certain degree. We we've been mm. kicking up content marketing a little bit more in the past good. couple months, right? Good, good, good. Um, yeah, that's to establish most, that's the most important. Yeah, right. That's what you keep saying as well. It's mm. like that long form content, right? Um, I think that like you're right on that aspect. What we should do is kind of slow it down a little bit more, but provide more insightful articles that provide more value, right? Versus hey, we need an article out this week. Like, what are we going to write about, right? Yeah. Like, let's write something, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what would you say the activity is that has maintained? So obviously the scale of leads and the scale of people you're talking to has gone up. So even yeah. if the conversion rate hasn't gone up, if it's maintained yeah. with an increase in number of leads, right. that's still good. No, well, so, sorry, the conversion has gone up, right? Yeah. It's gone up because we've gotten better at doing each part of the process. But yeah. like, they're not at a point where, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm very... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not easy to please when it comes to this kind of stuff. Right. right. But like, you know, it's, it's good, but like, I'm not completely satisfied with it is, is what yeah. I kind of mean. Yeah. But yeah. And so, but what do you think is the most impactful process or action that you've implemented to increase it or to maintain it? Like, how do you, what do you feel is the thing that you guys have done that you're like, 
I think this is the thing that's kept us or or increased us. Yeah, I think I think so. We kind of engaged on everything except for paid advertising, essentially, right? We've tried uh, various things. We've tried paid advertising as an experiment. Yeah. Um, and then when we didn't see the the conversions, maybe because you know it was it was like a really dumb campaign that we tried to run um, that didn't really have a goal, right? right. We just wanted to see the interaction. We dropped like yeah. maybe a thousand dollars in a week just to see how it performed, and it right. was it was it was pretty terrible so we just cut it off there right yeah. maybe we need an expert but that's like kind of down the road right sure. yeah um and so you know what i have add what were we talking about just <laughs> no no the most i was saying the the action that you guys took that yeah, you yeah. felt right right brought the best so retention and increase uh, while there could be like you know a specific set of things i think it kind of came down to engaging our uh, sales advisor who did encourage us to experiment with various marketing tactics or strategies and like going on different platforms right so mm. so that helped us kind of figure out exactly what worked right yeah. in the end what worked was a lot of uh emailing but so like the thing is referrals are always the best right referrals and inbound are always the highest conversion uh, like you know like it's it's they were referred by someone who knows that you're an expert and knows that you can deliver yeah. right so they come in like very warm um but at the same time Doing some some kind of advertising, right, on on sites that are relevant mm -hmm. to your business has worked really well for us. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the sites that? What are the sites that you guys are, have focused on? Um, there's some kind of directories basically for uh, various uh, for each industry, right? Mm -hmm. So this is here's the secret. Okay, I actually I actually read this um, in like the first the first year of the business. I I, I heard about it in a podcast, mm -hmm. right? Um, I was listening to a lot of podcasts back then. Um, and someone mentioned, hey, here's a way to hack SEO, right? Like mm -hmm. you can try and spend a ton of money to try to improve your site's SEO, uh, write blogs, do all this kind of stuff. And to get to the first, like the first page for something like a very common term, search term, right. right? Like if I searched web developer, yeah, you think that, you know, like how am I supposed to, like there's how, so how are you going to compete with right? that? I, there's yeah. so many. People. And it, you have to be extremely active and to do that yourself, mm -hmm. that kind of investment is, 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 is crazy, right? Yeah. But what you can do is, um, if you look at the first page, there's generally uh, sites that you can go to that are not like your competitors, right? So you can try to get on that site somehow yeah. so that you're still listed on the first page some, like in some way, whether you're yep. advertising on that site or whether um, you get an article written about you on that site or in some way. And then that's, that's, a, that's a way to hack SEO and that's kind of what helped us hack SEO. Yeah. And it's worked well for us. Good. Yeah. And so when you, and I love that idea, there's actually a guy on Fiverr that we use that uh, whenever we like launch a new like whatever. Now they're not like the always the most relevant, but mm. he actually manually uploads into a hundred directories. Mm. So there's like a hundred links and touch points back to the site. Right, right, yeah, right. I think he charges like 14, 15 bucks. Oh, okay. he, yeah, he provides you with like the logins for each each one. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's like, it's a good little, it's a good start. It's a yeah. good like little push. Right. But I think, yeah, you're right. If you're picking the kind of top 10 keywords you need to rank for mm -hmm. and then trying to get on the pages that are obviously there because that's a high volume of search. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and so right now, so if you're on say five different ones, yeah. Um, are you getting leads through the forms that are on those directories or are they getting, coming to the website? How are you tracking kind of measuring right now? Um, so we use UTM tags, I guess like those marketing tags. Yeah. Um, we have it on everywhere. Mm. I haven't gone and looked at the analytics, like Google analytics in a long time, but, right. uh, to really narrow it down, but there has been a significant traffic. 
amount of traffic that has come in through those websites, right? That yeah. ultimately converted. And then once we actually engage a lead that's inbound, mm-hmm. right? And we get to a certain point where we're, we're running discovery sessions and we're, 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 we're trying to understand the client's needs and problems and see if we can address them, right? See if there's a good fit. We actually ask them like, hey, so how did you hear about us, right? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's an important thing to know, right? Absolutely. So you can kind of double down on that area that works really well, mm-hmm. right? And um, experiment elsewhere. As, so, yeah. yeah. The human error part of that is a challenge though. Because it's like, oh, I found you on Google. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay. Yeah. Was it an ad on Google? <laughs> or did you Google and go into a directory? Like, That's true. S- some people know and a lot of people just like, I don't know. I just, because we actually have been using uh, WhatsApp. Okay. Like for okay. people yeah, that will yeah. ping us via WhatsApp instead right. of like filling out our form. Yeah. And so that's an interesting layer of like, oh, you know, I get on the phone. How'd you hear about it? Oh, I found you on Google. Yeah. You're like, cool. <laughs> like, what was the keyword? Was it right. bad? Was it organic? Because we, we've actually been doing a bit of an organic push. Yeah. And we've actually landed some some really good leads oh. like in Chicago and stuff from just like, so because social media training is not that common. Yeah. Uh, there's like, a, there's schools that offer it, and but but training employees is different. Right, so right. So we kind of have a niche set of keywords that are really helpful. Okay. I, I wonder if you guys could play in a space that's like, you know, reward app based keywords on Google, being that you have the case studies and a client base already. Right. I wonder if there's a way that you guys could fuck around with ranking with that if people are looking specifically for that. I guess so. I mean, we haven't really explored keywords too much like yeah. I know I know about the tools that are out there to help you target the keywords in your industry like to help to help you figure out what you need to like yep. what you need to place for what you need to sponsor and those kind of things but we mm-hmm. haven't like we actually just haven't sat down and tried to spend time in it and I think that's a step so like we, we're getting two marketing interns I think mm-hmm. um, they'll help us explore that yeah. right um, it might make sense for us it might not in the end but because um, you know we have conversations with other people in the industry we ask them okay so like what works for you guys right yeah by far the majority is like inbound and referrals, right? Mm-hmm. Great content, um, get inbound, get referrals. And yeah. we're like, no, well, no one, nobody did any outbound. Yep. But we're like, oh, well, maybe let's try outbound then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know. As, you, as, you know, but there's, there is something to be said for going against what everybody's exactly, doing. Like, exactly. But how do I know that you guys are doing well in the business? How do I know right. that this is even working for you? Exactly. Right? So it's like, exactly. I don't, I, I never really, I never, I like to, understand what people are doing mm-hmm. but i try not to follow it too much because yeah. it's like i have a feel for what i would think yeah because i know like i understand the people that buy from us mm-hmm. and i'm sure you understand the people that buy from you so yeah. it's like reverse engineering where they spend their time what they care about right Absolutely. that's kind of my that's always my map right right buyer persona where they spend the time their pain points and then okay what can i create to solve their pain points right and how do i get that in front of them whether it's via ad or organic Definitely. listing stuff somewhere I, yeah yeah i think i think the whole well, the whole thing with the buyer persona is like i feel like it's it's a very relevant exercise when you're when you have a product when you're like okay well here's what we're selling here's what we're selling like who's here's who we're selling to yeah and you can really build up this profile there's like a common profile but like i think when you're providing services like do you do you feel like your your buyer persona has been narrowed down or do you feel like sometimes it's very broad because it so it to answer that question, and this is actually a really important fa- factor with marketing. Yeah. It is very broad. Right. But you have to consolidate efforts based on that target mm-hmm. and then exhaust that exhaust that persona and mm-hmm. then move to a different thing. Okay. So even though my services are wide, I'm positioned. So right now I'm looking at consumer packaged goods brands. Yeah. So like, 
uh, Smarties and this type of thing. Obviously not companies that are that large because they won't have us in. Right. But I know that those types of companies have a lot of interesting products. Yeah. Right. That you can take different pictures of. It's not a service. So there's obviously product to, to take pictures of. Mm-hmm. They know the importance of social media mm-hmm. and they're probably either using an agency or trying to do something in house. And I know that I can solve their pain point. Now I can do that for uh, an artist or a roofer or this or that. So, but what I am going to do is while I'm running a campaign around marketing Mm -hmm. is like I've crafted case studies based on that very specific niche and I've written content to that niche and that persona. Uh Now I might not have that as like general content on my blog, but it might be landing pages or pages that only they would see. So I might say, Hey, these customers spend time on a group, like this on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So right, I'm going to dump valuable content on LinkedIn in those groups right. to try and drive people back. But where I'm going to drive them to is a landing page that shows, see how we did this for this company. And then that conversation goes down because they need to... So broad is broad doesn't ever help you sell. Yeah. Right? And so I, I do strongly believe in like a, a content funnel that's like really niche content that goes to landing pages on your site mm-hmm. and you can have it on the blogs as well. Right. But I think, you know, when you're thinking about from a campaign perspective, yeah. I would do that until you're like, cool. Now we've talked to every single person in North America that deals with that or people didn't respond or it's going well, keep going. And then once that's kind of exhausted, then we start a campaign around some other niche or some other whatever. Okay. okay. So you, your offering can be broad, but I think you should consider, your marketing content going really, really, really narrow yeah. because the conversion rate goes higher when it's niche. Right. And then you go through that niche or you say, once we get to 10 customers in that niche, we'll move on or however you kind of plan that out. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Cause like, so we tried experimenting with that to a certain degree as well, but we, what we found was that, I mean, the, the, the problem here is creating that content. It's like, yeah. it's very time intensive to, yep. to create engaging content and relevant content that makes sense for them. Right. right? Um, I guess it's 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 a little bit of research that that's required there, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I mean, if we were to, for example, um, we're talking with the, a, a few CPG uh, corporations as well, right? Um, and it's it was kind of like had like either introduction or something similar like that, right? And we considered, hey, so you know, I think um, for example, there's like X Y Z is 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 a huge need in the in the cpg space right yep. maybe we should create a campaign around that but yeah then you're looking at creating like um like like maybe blog articles maybe not mm-hmm. so you don't do it yourself but maybe blog articles maybe yeah. maybe something about around case studies maybe about um uh, like creating sponsored uh like ads and creatives and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff it's like it it takes some time to generate this campaign to develop right? it yeah but i think where a lot of people so a lot of people with out the in-depth marketing experience, yeah. see that and they're like, shit, I need to write so many things yeah. for this. I got to give them 10 blog articles and 10 videos and this huge funnel of stuff, mm-hmm. but it's actually not true. So I, I would say, and what I've had experience with is we would write a case study or two and a long form piece of content or two. Mm. And that could be maybe one video, one post, whatever, because to get people engaged in the conversation with you where you're then your touch points are personal. Now they've opted in or they've gotten contact with you right after the first, say four touch points. Yeah. They're either going to be with you directly as a lead right. or you're probably not going to get them. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is if you have two or three really strong pieces of content marketing and then two really strong case studies, yeah. um, 
then that's usually enough. Okay. It's like you put that, and here's the thing. It's like, if you've got this really, really great piece that, you know, what we have, we've talked about before, but like making sure that it doesn't require you to be the answer to the problem, mm-hmm. right? Just like something super helpful that will help someone in that space. Okay, right. If you spend the time distributing it everywhere you could possibly distribute it, yeah. then you probably won't run it. You probably won't need that other piece of content if you spend the amount of time required to get it out to the amount of people. So that's like, so that's, you know, going through a ton of groups on LinkedIn, going mm-hmm. through a ton of groups on Facebook. Right. You know, if you've got, say it's um, uh, like a, a, say it's like a, a, you had to do like graphic design for real estate, okay. right? And you write a, a piece of content about that. Yeah. Like emailing, Every, every brokerage in Canada and the right. U.S. being like, hey, we made this great piece. Right. If it's consumer packaged goods company, it's like finding them on LinkedIn and, and sending them, like sending that directly to them. Mm-hmm. Then it's hand-to-hand combat rather than volume of content. Right. Okay. Right. You, so if you put it up once on LinkedIn and once on Facebook and then you boost it once, mm-hmm. it's like, cool. How many people saw it? 3,000. How many people could see it? 30. You just right. need to work more to get it out. Okay. So you don't need much content. You need a couple really high quality pieces and then yeah. you got to spend the time getting them to the places they need to be. Right. And right. I, I use a combination of ads and organic and posting them and sending them direct to people and that kind of stuff. Okay. Cool. But, uh, you don't, you don't need too, too much. Do you, do you like what platforms do you, uh, typically target for your, for your ads? Like, um, mm-hmm. cause I'm asking because we experimented with various platforms um, like with LinkedIn, you can get really targeted to the title, right? Yep. To the very specific title. But um, I find either they're not performant or it's just super pricey, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's two things with LinkedIn. Yeah. Th- these are very secret sauce things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Number one is case studies mm-hmm. work better on LinkedIn than anything else. Mm-hmm. So not, hey, do you need this for your business? Because like it, that's easy to pass by. Yeah. But if I'm a decision maker in a company that could use that product, right. if you're like, see what we did for X, so you can target like you can target people by job title and industry as an open-ended thing. Mm-hmm. But you could also target people that like work for very specific companies. Like mm-hmm. you could get a list of 150 companies that you want to target, target their employees, right. then narrow it down by the decision makers, and then run a case study of like something you did for a competitor. Mm-hmm see how we did this for right, right. X. And then they're like, oh shit, like this company has that thing. Like we got to get caught up. Right. You create that sense of urgency, yeah. but display what it did for the business. Not like, hey, we'll make, any, we'll make something for you. Right, right. Yeah, yeah okay. everyone will make something for me. You just create that. that but if, that. You, if you create that dream for them, yeah. that like vision of like, this is what we could have, uh-huh. that works better on LinkedIn. True, okay. And so I would think about keeping your, your audience target, the number really, really low, Mm -hmm. but like really think about if it's a piece of, if it's a case study, who would care about it? So targeting at job title would be decision maker in a company size X, Y, or Z, but almost focusing, almost choosing companies to then layer on top of that requires a little bit more research up front, but your money will go further because that, that audience of say 5,000 is more impactful than the audience of 75,000 if those people know the company you're going to put a case study up about. True. Yeah. Right? Then it gives them something to aspire to. Yeah. Um, So that's one thing. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete Mm -hmm. sense. I I think like, well, we try to, um, so we have like, we've tackled bits and pieces of this, right? So we've done like case study ad, we've done like 
you know, talking about uh, something that happened in this company. We talked about targeting, or uh, we, we've targeted like um, uh, certain industries down to like three thousand people, yep. right? But it still, it still didn't perform like we wanted to. I guess yeah. just there's fine tuning. Well, that's what we, that's where you come, your expertise <laughs> would come in, right? right. Like yeah. you would, you would actually apply your knowledge and, yeah. and experiment to to find out what exactly works, right? Right. And so what? Yeah. And so what I would do is like, okay, cool. You had a certain amount of people that interacted with that ad. Mm-hmm. Now remarket. Now where? Now right. where can we find them? Right. Once we got them there, yeah. we can serve them shit on YouTube and on Instagram, and we can chase them around the internet forever. True. True. Um, the other thing with LinkedIn being that it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. You don't have to Hope, say. No, no, I will. Super secret sauce. No, it's. I don't mind about the secret sauce. Yeah. I just don't want LinkedIn to find out. Oh, oh no! I, don't, I, th- I think you should save it. I think you should maybe. You know. <laughs> If you want to talk about it, you know what? I've already, I've already said it on another podcast. Fuck it. I okay. just hope they don't find the glitch. All right. So when you set up a campaign and you're in the process of targeting, yeah, it sets you up with a budget where it's like you have to bid between X and X, mm-hmm. right? So I did a campaign for targeting doctors, and it was like you have to bid starting at like fourteen dollars a click to thirty five dollars a click, and I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. that sucks. And and the, or you can bid by cost per thousand, right? By CPM, right. But once you turn on a campaign and it gets the first click, you can then go back and edit the campaign and then reset the bid to whatever you want. Yeah. But what is that? What is that? Like, like to whatever you want, what does that mean exactly? I set it at 450. So what if you just set it to like 50 cents? You'd never get a click. You would never serve to anybody ever. (laughs) Right. Okay. Because at that point, like, so even at four bucks, you're almost going after remnant. Uh, But you're only paying four bucks a click. Right. So you might only get like one or two clicks in a day. Uh Uh-huh. But like... At least super cheap. Though. Then you just let the campaign run for longer. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, no, LinkedIn's crazy because it's not a marketplace. They just mm. dictate the price and then mm-hmm. they're like, cool. Whereas That's like true. Facebook and Instagram and Google are all... You bid, essentially, you bid. right? Yeah, and so it yeah. makes the pricing a little bit more honest. But LinkedIn's got it right, man. In their, not, not from a marketing standpoint, it sucks for us. Right. But from a standpoint of like, they just pick their pricing and then you deal with it. And we're yeah. like, well, we'll deal with it because it's a good platform. That's Check true. it up. Um, speaking of, mm-hmm. speaking of social networks, let's see before you can get into your next question. Like what is the next, the next secret advertising social network right now? Is there, is there one? No, 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 nothing on the horizon. I, I would say based on the, based on the reach that we get with yeah. LinkedIn right now, mm-hmm. even not even just ads, but yeah. LinkedIn. So using a tool that, um, finds people with whatever job title and yeah. like looks at their profile and then you go invite them to, have you seen something like that? Like need Ed, not me. Uh, what is it called? Hey, there's something. Hey, something. Hey, Ed, Eddie, or I can't remember. Mm. But you basically say like, go and search for people that. So the same way with the ads, right? Job size, job title, seniority, male, right. female, age. Yeah. And then it would go and like either invite them to connect with you. Yeah. Or go view their profile, and then right. if they view you back, you invite them to connect. So just building that, building your network with automation, and then publishing that content, because mm-hmm. then you don't have to pay to get it out. Yeah. So, and the way I would do that is like, and I, I'm actually funny, I'm in the process of building that campaign. I'm going to like record my own case study of how it works. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of, I'm going to try and like increase my number of connections by like 2000 in a month or something. I haven't figured out how I'm going to plan the numbers yet, right, right. but using a tool like that where you can grow it, where you're not, you're not ever. So here's the mistake that people make on LinkedIn and I get infinite amounts of connection requests that mm-hmm. just have like a, a automated message that pops up as soon as hey mike we're the premier company that right. does this and you're like fuck off yeah instant spam right just off. ignore you know, i would right? never i would never interact with it yeah but if i had something where it's like 
like, hey, whatever the name is, and this tool can automate the by first name. It's like right. like it sets up uh, like you can say hi, Lori, hi, mm-hmm. whatever. It does it automatically. Um, just looking to connect with some cool and interesting people in the industry. Um, love to connect on LinkedIn if if you're into it. So then it's like, oh, you just just a friendly. I want to connect, right, and right. then you never send them that DM. That's like, hey, come and buy that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need to because your organic reach of content on LinkedIn is really far. Right. So if you can get that network up really, really high, yeah. There's a big pool of people that are going to see what you're posting, and if you put up articles and you know the podcast, we will write an article about the podcast, show mm-hmm. notes, and then a link out to it right. as a post on LinkedIn. And now that whole network's going to see it. And right now, a lot of people, like a high percentage of people see it. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you, if we're connected and you like something of mine, mm-hmm. your network sees that you like something right. of mine. So the, like the, just the, the, the reach, the it's potential reach is exponential. Right. So commenting and getting comments and likes on content on LinkedIn yeah. right now can be like a huge. I mean, that's how stuff goes viral on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. You see, you see some random post that has like ten thousand likes, and it's mm. like, well, how did that happen? Okay? Yeah. But um, I feel like a lot of a lot of what people click on LinkedIn is is like all this like motivational, flowery kind of stuff that gets like those are the stuff that go yeah. viral, right? But. It's yeah. the same pretty much. You don't need own. it to go viral. Right. You need That's it. Not, you, you only have an yeah. audience of X. No. And if it, you if you they're living in your world and then you're publishing interesting stuff. Right. Like I think even the podcast, right? Like if you're bringing on guests that are relevant to your potential customer, mm-hmm. which is my recommendation. Like right. I for me, I service small to mid size, right? right? We do either training or marketing. So having people that own small to mid sized businesses and talking about their problems and helping right. them go through a couple of things, like that's perfect content for the audience of people that I want to hire me to do stuff. True. Yeah. Right. And Makes so sense. maybe, yeah. And so I would say like from the LinkedIn standpoint, you're already publishing blogs and you're already publishing, um, the podcast. Right. So just building a bigger following on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. then publishing content regularly on there, mm-hmm. uh, it will have a big, it'll have a big effect. We're, we're, we're trying to do that, but I guess we just got to build up the following for these actual page websites independently. Right. Like, I have a large network, like my co-founders, large mm-hmm. network, like some our salespeople have a large network, right? But it's, I guess, like we need, just need to be actively sharing things a little bit more. Yeah. You know? And the thing is like you, so growing your company's followers on LinkedIn is really tough because mm-hmm. you can't do articles. You can only do posts. Right. And like nobody wants to follow a company. Nobody yeah. gives a no, shit. No, it's true. It's true. But what you could do is if you like, so if you have a couple of like really solid, like one solid piece of content a week that's going to go out, mm-hmm. have everybody post that right, content right. and then like have it either point to the point to an article on the website to drive traffic there. Yeah. Or if you want to build up the following of the, the LinkedIn, like the business profile, it's like, Hey, make sure you follow quantum mobs mm-hmm. link and link it back out to there for like up and coming cool content. Right. But I would have every employee and I, I recommended this to a charity that I was working with. Like everybody on your LinkedIn should be posting all the same shit. Right. Like when there's a thing that goes out, it's yeah. like, Hey, see what we did yeah. because then it's an employee sharing the employer's thing. Right. You're not pretending like I wrote this and then the same, same people are different yeah. people writing the same thing. Right. Be, be open about, Hey, we're promoting something from the company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. Cause that will ring, that will ring in uh, that's true. some eyeballs as well. I have a question. So I have a question for you. This is mm-hmm. a little bit unrelated, right? Yeah, so yeah. like you, you have these, all, all these ideas about how to like, do things and market on these different mm-hmm. networks, right? Um, but a lot of it's manual work, right? Do you have ideas about automating certain parts of like 
this marketing? Like, what's like, so there's some super time intensive stuff probably that you would like to automate, right? Yeah. Like, you, yeah, to an extent you can, to an extent you can't. Right. So I would say, you know, using a social media scheduling tool mm-hmm. that publishes each piece, you know, and each one has to be written differently for each platform. Right. Okay. But like, if I, if I use, like, we use, um, hell do we use i don't post anything I use, on our use buffer buffers yeah buffers not bad hubspot we use um it'll come to me okay but yeah so we'll like we'll plan like a month at a time mm-hmm. and publish all the content for all the linkedin posts all of this all of this all of this right and we have it like locked and loaded so that that all goes out on its own so that yeah. saves us time right um but no honestly the distribution is just manually going through and and distributing we do use um, we do use a uh, one thing where you can kind of buy ads on it. So it's mm-hmm. called Q. Okay. So it's like Q U U U. Oh, I I remember this. It yeah. was I, I think I used to use it a while ago, but yeah, it's where it's where people post relevant stuff mm-hmm. uh, to their to what they what they what they're interested in or what they want yeah. to be known for. Yeah. Right. And then Q, you buy like credits to it, and it yeah. blasts it out. Like we get a shitload of traffic from that. Oh yeah. It's a and it's cheap. Oh okay. It's, and now so actually it's been getting better i would say mm. originally we were getting a huge surge of traffic mm-hmm. but it was all like three second visits oh, okay, okay. I was like okay high bounce rates basically um we've noticed that's probably quadrupled the time on site mm-hmm. it's not super super high but it's good for like getting eyeballs what i recommend is when you're doing that using something that gives you a trackable link mm-hmm. or having the pixel facebook pixel and google ID on your website right. so you're capturing audience and you can retarget a little right because if I've seen it and I'm interested enough mm-hmm. I may have clicked it by accident and then that's a useless person but right um, if you know if I it's it's supposedly putting it out to people that are in a certain category or looking for certain types of content yeah so even if they accidentally click it it probably wouldn't have been served to them unless it was somewhat relevant mm-hmm. so if you've got the Google Analytics code with you know with the remarketing turned on mm-hmm. as well as the Facebook and Instagram with the pixel and LinkedIn with its tracking code, then you can take that site traffic and then remarket to them with ads and spend very little on remarketing ads. Yeah. Right. Like a couple bucks a day. Okay. Just to like send them the next layer of content or like, Hey, the next podcast is out and try and draw or try and drive them to follow your pages. Mm -hmm. I mean, having them follow your page or join an email list is always the best because then it's free communication from here on out. Okay. But it's hard. Like an email, like building an email list like you got to be putting out regular, really good content. And yeah, that's a that's a whole undertaking. I think the email list that's like mm-hmm. you know, that's difficult. That that has been difficult for us to build up. So here's the thing: we we started a blog uh, very early in, right? Um, and so what we found that we found worked well. So initially, we just wrote strictly about development, like our expertise in development, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in software development. And so we we wrote about like certain technologies. We wrote about like. Um, you know, certain trends in the industry. We wrote about uh, like guides on how to do certain, uh, like use certain tools or abide by certain standards and things like that, right. right? The only traffic that we got were developers, right? Yeah, but think about the content you were writing. Yeah, the content. It was only, it was only written for developers. Of course, of course, you're right, right? you're right. But at the same time, <laughs> what we found was that um, while not, we had like almost no click-through to like the mm. contact page, from all this traffic, right? That's because it's just consuming information, right? Did you have a jobs tab? I bet you got a bunch of clicks for that. No, well, you know, we did at the time, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I think if you did, that's where it would have gone. Right. Like for us right now, yeah, we're marketing on two aspects, right? Like mm-hmm. um, we gotta because it's always like services you're you're juggling, like trying to if you're trying to scale, you're like you have jobs, you're hiring, and you're mm-hmm. and you're selling. So that's like both the marketing that we're trying to do, yep. right? And 
I guess now it's like a mix of content, right? Yeah. But, sure, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. right. But but so like what we found that worked really well um, earlier, like in 2016, when we wrote these blog articles, we, did, we, we, we heavily distributed them, right? The distribution was wildly successful in comparison to what we're doing now. Yeah. Whereas now we're writing... Um, we're writing more relevant content to our audience, right? But the di- the distribution isn't there because there's a ton of developer-friendly websites to promote, um, you know, ideas or p- to promote articles and things yep. like that. So dist- the distribution, I don't know what you would call it, like the mm-hmm. structure, the support is there, yep. but not for uh, some of the some of the articles that we're writing now, right? And I hear that you know you definitely you have to put in like two times the amount of effort uh, in distributing content than writing it, you know. Yeah. Oh, if, 10 yeah. times. Yeah, 10 times, yeah. right. Yeah, but yeah. that should also speak to the volume, right? A couple, big, couple good pieces of content and yeah. then spend all the time distributing it. Right, yeah. But then I would, so, so yeah, and I think you kind of answered your own part of it. Like when you're writing stuff that's like industry helpful stuff, it's mm-hmm. like well, the only people that care about it are developers. Mm-hmm. If I was a business owner, I would never read anything like that. Right. But right. if you were to say, if you were to write stuff about how, you know, how a reward system can impact your business and mm-hmm. like do like a longer form thing with some stats and, and even write some things that are like, Hey, here's some like free tools on the internet that you can use to like test the waters yeah, or yeah. that type of thing. Then you've got the ball rolling and I'm thinking, I'm thinking about rewards. I'm going to test those free softwares online. And I'm right. going to be like, they're shit. Yeah. Oh, but remember, these are the guys that make the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think, I think about it from that, that perspective, true, true. right? Like give them something where they can taste and mm-hmm. you might have small companies that like, yeah, I, I I used your little guide of how to, you know, how to activate, how to activate rewards programs or how to bring back customers over and over. Mm-hmm. And you'll have some people that'll be like, great. And now I, all I needed was this twenty five dollar piece of software. Right. But it'll stumble into the right hands mm-hmm. if you're writing that type of content. And, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. You 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 pretty much um, you pretty much nailed it because uh, we're not looking for the clients that are looking to spend $25 per month on a certain platform, right? right? We're looking for people that want like turnkey solutions, like custom made solutions for their business because it's so specific and, and they, they're, they're losing money if they don't have it very highly specialized. Yep. Right. So, but what you will find is the people that need that solution yeah. don't want that solution. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, they don't want to spend that money. If I can find, okay. so if I can yeah, find, yeah, okay. if I can find something that's a hundred bucks a month right. versus a hundred thousand dollar bill, yeah. I'm fucking all over that. Okay. Yeah. That, if it solves all your problems, but right? it doesn't exist is the yeah, key. Right. So if you're the helping hand, that's like, Hey, here's the top softwares that are under a hundred bucks yeah. that do this type of thing. They're going to be like, Oh shit. Like this is going to be the thing now. Yeah. And then they go in and they use it for two months and then they're like, Oh, well it doesn't do this. And Oh, this is a pain in the ass or, Oh, this feature doesn't exist or we can't do this. We can't do that. You know what? I think we actually need something better because mm-hmm. once you've exhausted all the apps that sucked, yeah. then, then you guys are the answer and you guys provided that like baseline, but you showed them yeah. there are some things, let them experience those failures on their own. Right. And then you're the guy that tried to help them for the cheap. Yeah. But then they'll come spend money with you That's when funny. they realize they have to spend money, then they'll be more comfortable spending it with you yeah. because you were the resource that tried to help them out and get them the cheap thing. Yeah. I mean, that's sense. the whole, it comes back to the providing value, right? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep saying that. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? no, it's but good. no, it's great. It's great. One thing, just a, just random kind of thought with the hiring thing mm-hmm. on your, all of your employees yeah. and your businesses, LinkedIn, 
and on your like business Facebook and your business Instagram profile, do, are you do you write we're hiring everywhere? Do you, yeah, do you I have that, that in my tag. Yeah, know, on LinkedIn. I, do you have it like on your Facebook banner on your or even like company name brackets? Do you have it everywhere? We don't, we don't have it everywhere. You put know? it everywhere. Yeah, we should put it everywhere. Yeah, because especially if you if you're driving any attention. Yeah. Um, I would. Yeah. We're hiring. I would put it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. No, we should be. We just, it's, it's a balance though, because we, we're trying to, you know, say that we're hiring, but Hey, also here are our services. Like here yeah. are some case studies. Here's what we can do for your company. Here's some value that we can provide. Right. Yeah. But splashing high ticket price items into like mm-hmm. the Facebook banner, it's not going to work. Anyway. Right. No, that's true. That's true. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah. I found, yeah, for hiring, that's just kind of making sure it's written on like the first visual of all mm-hmm. your social things. It'll just help bring bring True. names into the fold for you. I feel like, um, so what we found also is, so talking about hiring versus selling mm. um, and, and marketing those independently, right? We found that the the social media platforms themselves are kind of dictating the audience, right? Like, mm-hmm. for example, I don't think that we're going to get a lot of, I think, okay, well, for example, for, for, for instance, buyers might look at our Instagram and be like, oh, what's happening here, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to see a ton of events that we're doing. They're going to see that we're all like friendly faces that we're in Toronto, that we're, we're doing events that we, you know, we're hiring experts, we're doing these launches, et cetera. But um, that content on Instagram is more geared towards developers, right? It's because like, it's more about like, Oh, it's, it's, it's more of a friendly or a social kind of platform versus, you know, LinkedIn is strictly, I don't know. It's weird to say that it's like, obviously people hire off LinkedIn, but uh, we look at it as more of a, 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 like, like a business establishing networking kind of thing. Right. Yeah, it is. And you, you have to be respectful of what people expect on each platform. Yeah. Right. That's why like a lot of people struggle doing Instagram ads versus Facebook ads. Right. Some people aren't used to being sold to on Instagram. So if it's not really like content based, it's something funny or entertaining. Like Mm -hmm. if it's just like, yo, here's a product, come get it. Right. It's not going to work as well, but Facebook, it will work easier because I'm just used to people selling me shit on Facebook Mm. now. So yeah, being cognizant of of, of that part. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if your general audience is going to be developers from the Instagram side, then make it more like, here's our, here's all the fun stuff that's going on. Here's the behind the scenes of our office. So yeah. they can get an idea of like, Oh, this would be a cool place to work. They right. guys have a personality. It seems like people enjoy themselves yeah. and tell the story of, of how you guys are enjoying yourself. Right. Yeah. That's Take true. pictures of your team playing ping pong, whatever, right. and publish that mostly. Cause that's not going to deter somebody who's a buyer who finds mm-hmm. you on Instagram. Cause right. it's like, you you come on it has a thing it says we're hiring and they're like oh they must be growing if they're hiring that's good right oh and it looks like these guys have a good time and they, they have a big team and they have a big office like you're showing off all that stuff yeah that they're still going to be attracted to it but you don't necessarily have to produce content for them right if you're finding that it's mostly developers that are taking you on within within instagram yeah so but i don't think it hurts you does it then so so do you like in your campaigns and the campaigns that you run do you separate I mean, I mean, you probably do separate it out, but like, to what degree do you customize uh, the content to each platform? You know, like, do you repost the exact same thing across all the platforms? Never. Okay. No, and and even if it's the same picture, yeah, the copy's different. Right. There's a different cadence to the language and a different whatever. Yeah. Not always, mm-hmm. but if we're talking about campaigns, then absolutely. Mm-hmm. So and and so knowing the psychology of somebody that's on LinkedIn versus someone who's on Facebook versus someone who's on YouTube versus someone who's on whatever. Would you say that's an expectation or like demographic difference? I would say expectation. Okay. You will see demographic differences, yeah. but I think 
you can also then so if you're if you're talking in the context of ads right you can then make three different videos one that's 25 to 35 one that's 35 to 45 one mm. that's 45 to 55 if you want right referring like referencing something else or using talking about a company that you worked with that's more known to that generation mm-hmm. right <laughs> like air miles is a client of yours right yeah and so i would say if you're targeting business owners that are like under 35 mm-hmm. They might not give a shit about air miles, but 45 plus, they're probably very familiar with it and they've been in that. Right. So, That's so true. if, That's if, true. so someone's been on the site and you're going to, now you're going to retarget them with a YouTube ad yeah. or an ad on Facebook. And it's going to be a video that talks about, Hey, we did this. Like maybe it's a case study or a testimonial kind of video, mm-hmm. right? You would have one video that showcases the younger feeling company. And so what you'll do is you'll, you'll have a, audience of a thousand people that were on the website so when you go make the ad you're like cool if any if they were on the website and they're under 45 give them this video if they were on the website and they're over 45 give them this so creating content that's unique to that demographic yeah (laughs) because you have the capabilities to target based on all of those attributes so it's just making content that's slightly different to hit the demographics that you want. Everything that you're that you're talking about sounds like it's so much work to, to yeah. get going, right? It's not. But I mean, yeah. like, like it, it would probably would be for, for us initially at mm-hmm. least. But that's like, I, like that's that's why we're not the marketing experts, basically. But you, right? but you can do it in like a really scrappy way, right? Yeah. So we use this ring light. Yeah. And then I'll sit this up right. and I'll sit a microphone. And so we'll we did an ad that was for. Um, we made a content calendar, like a master calendar, and it's this big PDF with like two hundred and fifty events of all the different things that happen throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're producing content, if you own a business that needs ideas for social media, right. you can um, you can just look at each month and you're like, oh, we can write about this or this or this. <laughs> and it's like a resource. Right. So what we'll do is we'll put the camera over there and I'll record one that's like, hey, content creators, da 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 you know, click the link to get the thing. And I'll say, hey, content creators, da 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 swipe up to get the thing. That's right. going to be the Instagram okay. story ad. Right. <laughs> but I'm recording them just one after another. Yeah. You know, um, and then we would say like, hey, not like, so content creators might be one. Who else are we targeting? Right, hey, right, right. business owner, hey, whatever. Yeah. And I'll just record like six in a row. Uh-huh. Just all. And then they don't have to be like, the thing is they don't have to be highly produced commercials. You can just talk to the camera at a normal pace mm-hmm. because if they've interacted with your brand, if they've come to you in the first place, it's it's nice to just be like, feels like a friendly, like I'm talking to someone in their living room. Yeah. It, it's it's less off-putting than like, hey, like some big crazy thing or like, you know, a That's TV. True. Like if you try and put a TV commercial as the remarketing, it's like, it's not going to be as effective if, right. as opposed to like, like, hey, CPG brands, like. You know, I saw that you were on our website. Yeah. And da 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 da. Oh, that's interesting. Then you're you're talking at them, like you're talking to them, yeah. right? It's like you're a person that shows up in an ad, like, hey, you were on my site. Like, I I know that you were there. Mm-hmm. Are you still interested? Like, yeah. and so, that's but, wild. and yeah. so here's but here's the layer. Hey, I saw I saw you were on our site, mm. taking a look at what we do. Mm. Um, I know software is a big. I know software is a big thing to commit to. Right. Um, and and like I understand that da 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 da. Like. Yeah talk to their pain points. You you know what they're anxious or stressed or worried about from yeah. talking to you. Yeah. So I know that this process can be this and this and this. So you're now easing, right? That's and then true. you can say, um, hey, we created this really cool guide to how to like pick a software 
company. It has nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. It's just something we put together that Completely really helps. Completely non-biased, right? No, and, it, and, and if you can yeah. write the content that's unbiased like right, that, right. then yeah, that. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, so now they've been on the website for some reason. Now they've got your face, your visual. You've talked to them, but you've not tried to sell them on anything. You're like, hey, here's this cool, hey, we recorded this video that teaches you this. We made this guide or this checklist that helps you this planning software, whatever that thing is, yeah. because you know that they need it and it'll help them whether they pick you or not, it'll help them make a better buying decision. Mm-hmm. So you provide that to them as the second layer instead of like, right. hey, I saw you were on our website. Don't forget to buy from us, <laughs> right? And you you, you, you ease in, you ease in. Yeah. And then if, they, then if they download, maybe what they have to do is give you their email to download the guide. Mm-hmm. Now you've got them in their email list and then you can start the correspondence with them. So like once you build out... 20 pieces of content in total like yeah. your funnel's done right that's it and, and it can be a bunch of short form stuff it's like two two to four big resource pieces yeah a bunch of videos that are variant to the the demographics mm-hmm. um and then throw them in and go go to it that's that's interesting do you do this some of the some of the stuff for your clients as well yeah. But what I mean by that is, do you record the videos on behalf of your clients? Are you the face That's your clients? No, brands? no. That's tricky. People don't often want to be the face. We've got a lot of clients that have really great products that yeah. do not want to be on camera. But what I mean by that is, like, so are you Are you on the camera for them? No. No? Because, like, I'm asking that because you know that, um, I think the company's called Big Fish Videos or something like that, right? Okay. Um, so they they kind of got their start in, in producing startup videos or commercials like or trailers and teasers right yeah. initially uh they were like they were they were very cheap and all all of the smaller startups uh had them and you see the same guy like this bearded guy that talks right. in like this really kind of like soft voice he's kind of yeah. sleepy looking and he's walking around interacting with the camera but he's in like every startup teaser video yeah yeah because yeah. he's the he's like the founder of his company <laughs> right? right and it's wild it's like okay so you see him in this video you know that they use the company but you yeah. know also know that at this point now they have the funds to um, produce this video right, right. yeah it's interesting and you yeah you can like i think i think something coming from the founder or the person you're actually going to deal with is way more authentic of course yeah and i've got a buddy that has a company that does they create short social media commercials like 15 to 20 second videos okay where you go in they give you a bunch of scripts mm-hmm. you basically buy like 15 at a time mm-hmm. and they you can use them throughout the year but they'll do a shoot in one or two days mm-hmm. with like a bunch of stand-up comedians and improv actors and stuff mm-hmm. with different Interesting. Yeah. And they film it in two days. But yeah. They give you a whole bunch of different creative for basically the entire year's Sounds worth. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, they use actors that way. And they yeah. do like a lot of those like interstitial video ads or like uh, ads for like uh, phone games and stuff. They make a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a cool concept. It's a similar idea. But they try and like pick people that fit with the casting and what they're trying to accomplish in the message. Yeah. But my thing is, like I said, at the end of the day, having a conversation with the person that who is who is the brand is going to be more of an authentic thing when it's you speaking about, I created this company because of this, or Mm -hmm. we make products for companies because we saw this and like, here's my experience with this customer. Then they're like, Oh, like you're a human that is selling something in your business. Right. And it just, it'll just resonate more. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, that's true. And you're good looking. You can get on camera. I don't know. I gotta, you know, like a better side and everything. I'm happy I'm on this side, you know? No, it took, actually, we have a piece of content on YouTube. I don't know if it's been published, but um, it, we tried to record that promo Which for one? the content calendar. And I literally just had a DSLR yeah. that was filming the phone that was filming us. Yeah. And like, it took us like 19 minutes to record four 10 second clips. 
Oh yeah. Just like da 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 da. da. Oh shit, missed that. <laughs> uh, and then for me, I don't go off a script, yeah. and I forget what I say quickly. So I like I said one, and I was like, oh boy, that's really good. I gotta <laughs> use the same one as a swipe up instead of click now. Oh okay. And okay. I like couldn't remember so the life of me what I said. I just made up a new one. But you oh, can yeah, yeah. like honestly within <laughs> half an hour. Just going, just talking over and over again, taking you're, you're sense. You're kind of staring at me oh, very yeah, she, intensely. She's going to try and go. Hi, Taco. Hi, Taco. Okay. <laughs> That's enough. Come on. Come on, sweetheart. That's enough. There you go. Super professional, I will. Yeah, yeah. it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something to think about. And yeah. like, it, the cost of entry is very low. Mm-hmm. If you consider just like waiting for whatever traffic and whatever organic you're already getting, from the directories, from here, from there, mm-hmm. and just using these videos maybe as a remarketing. Just because yeah. here's the thing, right? If you get even if you get 500 unique hits to your website a month, 200, a thousand, 10,000, it doesn't matter. If you're not communicating with them again, mm-hmm. you're hoping that they're like, oh yeah, what was that website I was on? Maybe you're I'll right. go back and try and find it. Like, true, I'm gone because I'm going yeah. to look at 10 other companies besides yeah. you, especially with that high ticket. That's true. So to me. The ability to communicate over and over again, but not in the way that Amazon puts the product in front of you for months, even after you bought it. And you're like, I don't need a fucking other doorknob. What the right. fuck? Right? So it's just that same product. You're like, it's everywhere. Why I mean, is it doing well, It's well that they do that, though. Why it's is like, it doing yeah, this? I don't know. It's just lazy. It is Now, lazy. Amazon's huge, and they don't have to give a shit. But, I mean, they probably have... Mm. They probably waste money, a ton of money on yeah. these kind of ads, right? Yeah. So, no, they spend it's crazy. tens of thousands of dollars an hour. Yeah. It's fucking ludicrous how much <laughs> they spend. But for you guys, like, you can take that existing traffic and say, hey, here's my three pieces of really great content that we made. Yeah. And then just sequence it. Like, now this, this person gets this. And then if they took an action, now they'll get this one. Or maybe mm-hmm. you can get them to join your email list. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to spend a lot. You don't have to make a lot. It, that's that distribution thing, right? Right. So if those go into the funnel of people that have been on the website... Mm-hmm. And that's part of your distribution. And then you're, you're re-engaging. They're seeing your face, especially with that video of you. Right. Where it's like, oh, that guy. And then when they meet you, they feel like they know you more. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's true. I mean, I guess it makes sense, at least for smaller businesses, because uh, there's a select group of people that kind of are client-facing initially, right? Right. I think um, it'd be interesting if you can, uh, if you grow out your sales team and you have like 10 different faces that someone might interact with, it could be a little bit different, but um, maybe it's something that you can automate somehow, right? No, but I think it could be like, hey, I'm the founder. Right, yeah. Right? Definitely. And then, you know, as you get too big and too fancy, you might not take every meeting. Yeah. But like for the next five years, maybe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're probably going to be in the mix of yeah. that. So, you know, and, and even if not, like I think, you know, you're, if you're, you're on the website somewhere and people are going to see or come across you. So it's like, hey, will they contact us? Oh, yeah, you're, now you're going to talk to Jim or you're going to whoever they're not going to care it's just having a friendly face that they've interacted with and they can feel like a connection with yeah yeah okay so, so um i have a question because um you yeah. mentioned something much earlier on i was waiting for you to i was, I was still engaged for me to but, shut up <laughs> no, i get that a lot i was still engaged but like yeah. so you mentioned um this is out of, a little bit of out of curiosity right because mm. only because we don't buy any ads like how does um an interstitial Interstitial is when it happens, like commercial kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's like when you're in a, a, a game and then it's oh, okay. in between turns, it oh, puts okay, those okay, ads okay. up. Yeah. All right. So, so okay, just refresh. I used to know these sure. terms, but if you could refresh my memory. Yeah. So before video plays is a pre-roll. Pre-roll. And then in the middle of it is... Uh, depending on the platform, they call it different things. Okay. So like on YouTube. Yeah. Mid-roll or, oh, okay, or okay. interstitial if it's in an app. Right. Yeah. Like, do you... Do, I don't know if you've collected any analytics around this, but like how does... How does a pre-roll 
do compared to like something in the middle? Because I feel like you know pre roll, mm-hmm. like I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I want to skip this, right? Like yes. sometimes when I see the ad immediately, I'm like, I close the video. Yeah. Like it's like it's it bugs me sometimes, yep. right? Um, yeah, and the answer is interrupting people from doing shit is never good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get the most frustrated, and I've got some consensus on this. There's no like scientific. I'm just I have okay. like, I have a lot of conversations with people, yeah. and so the videos that cut up in the middle mm-hmm. of the, your Facebook, and then it's like your ad. You can see yeah, the ad yeah. pending. Like you mother. Yeah, uh, wow. So that and the ones in the middle of the YouTube I, yeah. are going to be, I think, are worse. Yeah. Because they have to be four to six seconds, and they have to be funny or engaging in some like the create. It's like you have to put a vine in. Right. That's true. That's hard, man. It is. It is. <laughs> but I would say that, like, with pre-roll, especially if so, pre-roll to cold audience. Mm-hmm. I've never interacted. I'm just going to target it. Mm-hmm. It's trickier. Right. Unless you do it by like, like I googled this thing and then you put an ad up because you can you can put your youtube ad up based on the google search mm-hmm. and then you're like hey are you looking for this and you're like how the fuck did you know that so you can do that mm-hmm. but i would say from the remarketing standpoint um i would do social media feeds right okay and i would do youtube pre-roll mm. i would do a little bit of google display mm-hmm. But but remarketing, like I would never use banner ads as like my first point of contact. Okay. Because they're a disaster. So when do you think banner ads are effective at all? If, if remarketing. All? Okay, only yeah. only for remarketing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not for like the whole like, hey, here is our brand, like, like, you know. No. Not for brand familiarity or any of that kind of stuff. A little bit, but yeah. only after they've interacted with the brand. Okay. Only remarketing. Okay. I would never use them as like the lead into a sale. Yeah. It's just such a waste. Well, you wouldn't expect it to lead into a sale. You would expect it to be like, oh, I've seen Quantum Mob and I've heard of them from somewhere before, right? Yeah, but the, or, so but the problem is whether you do it through like a media buying agency yeah. or you buy Google placements, mm-hmm. it's their version of like, hey, we're going to target the right people is a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. So you're going to buy inventory and pay cost per, you know, CPM, you're going to cost per every thousand right. in stuff that's completely meaningless forever. Right. Whereas remarketing, I've had a touch point and now I'm doing it, but like there's no product that exists for banner ads that mm-hmm. are targeted enough for it to be worth your money ever. Okay. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's what a lot of companies sell as a primary product. Yeah. And it's, it's a joke. Yeah. Okay. Those companies will go out of business as soon as people figure out how shitty that inventory is. Right. Paying, paying $15 to $20 for a premium or $40 for a premium placement for per thousand views Mm. with like 0.0007 click through rate. At some point it's going to get old because you're paying for that CPM anyway. Right. How do you know that? How do you know that it's targeting my audience? That's true. There's never a way to know that. Yeah. So they're making really open-ended guesses. Yeah. Programmatically picking who the people are, but like it's so wide and their ability to target is so finite mm-hmm. and so small that you'll never get your money's worth. So then to that point, right? I guess like, um, I don't know if, if this is relevant to fraud mm-hmm. or if fraud is associated with any of this stuff. Like how have you, do, do you have to deal with fraud at all or like and how? How do you deal with it if so? Yeah, I mean, we use some tools yeah. that help when we're doing paid ads yeah. to, to, to dictate and to, to, to determine 
if it's fraudulent yeah. and then how to get the money back for it. Because mm-hmm. you can you can apply to the platforms, Facebook and Google and all that, right. saying like, hey, I think these clicks were robots or I think these clicks were bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to apply to get my money back. Okay. And they'll review it and they'll pay you back. So there's uh, tools that you can do to automate that. Yeah. Uh, like ClickSees is one that we use. Click C-E-A-S-E. Okay. So it sets up on your website and it's like, ooh, yeah, we don't feel like these clicks were real. Yeah. They submit them to Google and then Google's like, yeah, okay, 30% of those are, le- are legit, 70% were bullshit, here's mm-hmm. your money back. So there are things that you can put in place. It's wild because so I used to work in ad tech for, for um, one point in my life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, the stuff that you're exposed to, it's like, ton- like, like f- there's a ton of fraud. Like fraud is yeah. rampant, right? It's mm-hmm. like there were reports being put out like white labels white, I'm sorry not white, white papers being put out by agencies or by by various groups saying like a 50% of all clicks are fraud you know yeah. like even 70% of all clicks are fraud it's like yep. it's wild if that is even the case you know mm-hmm. and it's like to see it on like it's weird to see it or if you would see it on a popular social media platform because what is the incentive there for for there to be fraud on those platforms you know unless the, the platforms themselves are committing fraud which right right Hard to say. Yeah. All I know is the methods that I use are just not buying any media programmatic mm. ever. Okay. And I get my clients great results. Mm. I would just stay away. Yeah. Because it's so like the industry is such bullshit in terms of like viewability. Like there's there's viewability standards that like so the picture is like a, a three twenty by three twenty. Yeah. And it's like cool if you saw the pixels on the bottom line of oh, this right. then, for 0.001 seconds, then it's an impression. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then there's, you know, there's the issue of like, um, people double dipping with traffic, the redirects, the, like those, those things where you click into something and you have to click oh, page right, by page right, and you're like, right. Oh, I got this many page views. And you're like, yeah. no, it was one article. You made people click for each yeah. fucking image. That's true. Like it's such a load of shit. Yeah. There's so much fraud and so much banner ads though. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's what that's all programmatic is. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. That's true. Okay. Um, but I would say like when you're buying social media ads, spend super conservatively. Yeah. And spend on an ask here and there. Mm-hmm. But but getting content marketing in the hands of people that would buy from you. Okay. Yeah. That's where I'd spend almost all of it. Because if you've got a couple of really cool blog pieces and you know you can hit gym that's the decision maker at this company and yeah. all the decision makers just like him across North America. Yeah. Why would I just be like, Hey, do you want to buy this thing? No, I never want to buy a thing. No, whatever. As a business owner, you never want to spend money. Of course. I never yeah. want to spend money. Yeah, yeah. And when I go to spend money, the more expensive it is, the bigger the headache is, the more the integration is going to take. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do it at all. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, we get cold calls from, everyone under the sun, hey, this CRM will change your life. Yeah. And hey, you know, this does all these functions. I'm like, yeah, right now I use five tools to do that. Yeah. But honestly, the process that it would take for my team to then understand how it, how this all works and to make sure all the everything's set up and all the tracking and all the links that are going to go away mm-hmm. just from switching, like I won't do it. Right. It's a nightmare. So you got to understand what that pain point is from the decision maker standpoint and then speak to that. So it's like, Hey, we'll, we'll take you from your old system and we'll completely put you in place in this new one. Like then I'll buy it. Yeah. But until then, like, Oh, it's got this feature and that feature. I'm like, fuck it. I'll just ignore. I just won't have that data. So sorry. Uh I'd rather not have that data than go through six month transition for something that has two more features in my existing, whatever I have. So, Hmm. I mean, so you have an idea 
in your in all of your processes and all the tools that you use, because you use a ton of tools, right? Yeah. And and you're exposed to a ton of tools, because uh, you check Product Hunt regularly. You mentioned, right? It's mm -hmm. a great place to find uh, like the the newest and coolest apps, or even like mm -hmm. revamped uh, sites and things yep. like that. Yeah, um, AppSumo is another one we were talking about. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? So, yeah, AppSumo as well. So, I mean, do you not see like a gap sometimes? Like, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish there was like this part or this specific feature or this part was automated every day you know what i mean so like every day it's it's interesting i ask that because um because i'm a developer initially when yes. we're tackling the sales side is that we just built out a ton of like hack together tools mm -hmm. to help automate as much as possible right yep. we had we had we had tools that we automated uh, a lot of the, a lot of linkedin stuff a lot of like even like some email stuff but we're building um some like uh some kind of like marketing tool or email marketing tool at the moment mm -hmm. right because we found is using all the tools that we that were out there right yeah. now there were gaps in each one right Every but it's not just one. the feature feature gap it's like it's like the value and like the way that they, the platform is mm -hmm. right and so that's where we're building a custom uh, a custom built it's kind of wild to do right. that but we're building a custom built right. email marketing platform that will that'll suit our needs yeah you know but 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 to be honest and I've talked to a lot of founders of software companies yeah all of these softwares exist because they were like, oh yeah, I used XXXX and they didn't work, so I That's built true. this one. Yeah. But here's the problem. Mm. They built it for their need. Right, and then they're like, right. oh cool, well we'll build it out wide enough now with this and this and this yeah. feature that will help everybody else. Yeah. But like at its core, it started with this specific problem. Yeah. And if another business doesn't have that specific problem exactly, yeah. it's always going to be pieces that are missing. You're right. No, you're right. Right? Because there were, there, were, there were like certain features that were missing. Like for example, I think a lot of, play, a lot of email marketing uh, or email automation tools don't include uh, attachments because I think attachments are like, like a warning sign of like, hey, like this is not like, like warning, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so but at the same time, we're like, well, you know, if it's like really, really localized and, you know, we already know these people, we've been communicating with them, yep. then maybe we want to add some attachments, right? And like, that was just one feature. I forget. There was a ton of other things that we thought were like we're missing that yeah. scheduling and like all the different types of scheduling, all the different types of buffering, like having a platform versus a Chrome extension and like mm. a list of stuff, right? Yeah. But it is, it's, it's specific to our needs. Right. So. And here's what's going to happen is that you're going to build it and you're yeah. like, oh man, this is the one. And then you're going to sell it to all the companies that are just like you and yeah. they're going to love it. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, shit, we're going to take this, we're going <laughs> to take over the world of CRM email marketing. Right. And you're going to put it out to the network yeah. and then you're going to be like everybody else. You're going to yeah. be like, we were 95% for a bunch, yeah. but a 5% gap, just like that guy was a 5% gap because he true. filled his need because that guy filled his need. That's it's true. always the way that software works. There's no, there's nothing that exists. that's like, that's the one. Right. But that's why that's why a lot of there are so many tools out there, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why so many of these tools just sometimes do one very one like specific particular thing, right? Yeah. And yeah, I, I find it really important to to do a full demo with yeah. who whatever the company is, if they if they can. And even if they don't usually offer it, I usually call the founder. I'm like, yo, take me through this. Yeah. And usually if it's small enough, they will. Yeah. Uh, but I try and get directly in touch with the owner or the president of the company every time I'm gonna buy something, mm. chat with them, see what they're trying to do with it, see where they're going with it. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of way I've kind of vet it before I dive in. I guess you're investing in the platform basically, right? You're trying you to are. build up your, your company. And you're changing, you're changing a workflow in your business. Yeah. That how many people touch it That's true. and how many people have to change what they do and then in the project management software like you know i might have 30 tasks assigned to doing putting something through mailchimp or active campaign yeah well if we're switching from that and it doesn't work the exact same way my whole workflow is fucked yeah and then people have to relearn it and then blah blah that's true it's, it's a heavy lift right so yeah yeah software is tricky like that but we use so much 
yeah. just based on whatever the need is at that moment. And then we use Zapier to integrate and send pings here and there. But yeah. shit gets lost in the shuffle sometimes. Yeah. They, the, the, you know, the API expires and then you're like, shit, this isn't doing that thing anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, so you, we try, I try and keep it to as little pieces of technology as possible. Mm -hmm. So the fewer amount of things that we can have break, the better. So for example, on my website, I never use the default forms of my website. I use the form that I created from my email marketing software and I embed it in there. Mm. I don't care if it doesn't look that great. I mean, it looks fine, but you know what I mean? It's not like from a developer standpoint, oh, it's not the perfect da da da, da. Like, I don't give a fuck as a marketer. <laughs> it's like, I know when that it gets goes the through, job done, it's going to go into my sequence yeah. that I built in my active inactive campaign. Yeah. It's going to ping me via text being like, this thing happened, go pay attention. Yeah. Like, I don't know if Squarespace's form is going to work. I don't mm. know if Contact Form 7 is going to just not send notifications to Gmail anymore. It happens yeah. all the time. I don't fucking trust it. You know what? You know how much of our, of our stack is like custom built? Yeah. Like relevant to this point, right? So mm -hmm. we have like, um, uh, we built like some, 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 some alpha version of this email marketing tool that's still running in production right. to this day mm -hmm. just to handle the emails from our site. Yeah. Okay, that's all it does. It's yeah. like it gets sent <laughs> over to this, to this, to this, uh, this alpha drip email marketing platform and it just fires off our emails. And at one point, um, the system went down, right? For, for whatever reason that, that it was, it was down for like a couple of days yeah. and like we were getting pings on, on Slack saying, oh yeah, this person reached out, this person reached out, but um, then we were like, where the hell are the emails, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but because we're running our own stack, it's like right. we didn't realize that it was down. We're not checking it very often, Yeah. right? Yeah, I've had it, man. I've lost, I've lost leads a bunch before. Yeah. You never know what's gonna happen. It's part of the, it's the pain point. Yeah. You try and deal with it, but then you try and go to a product like a HubSpot or a Sharp Spring, yeah. and you're like, cool, but then it has this huge gap, and mm. then it's 800 bucks a month, and you're like, yeah. no, I'll just pay attention for now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, That's true. Or it just true. doesn't have the functionality in the same way these two tools make your life so much easier. Well, these tools on this have it, but it's not quite the right thing. It yeah. doesn't quite do what I need it to do, and then that, that ruined process ruins the whole thing for me. Okay. So it's tricky. Uh, one other thing... I know we've been, we've been going for a bit and it's been, yeah, yeah. it's been great. I know oh. you got to take off soon. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Um, but all the time right now. when you're, um, when you are sending that first email sequence out, yeah. have you ever thought about, so there's tools that embed it right into the email. Uh -huh. Have you ever thought about making your first correspondence a video? No. Yeah, no. Right. Definitely not. I mean, like video was never yeah. even a, a thought yeah. that we would include in any of our marketing material. Right. Because yeah. first of all, we don't even have the space. We don't even have like these lights, like this kind of right. setup. Right. Um, I mean, iPhones shoot some great video these days, but yeah. you know, we just don't have, have, have the gear for that. Right. Yeah. So it's not even a thought. Yeah. It might be a cool idea. And it's that same like personal touch point right. where they've like filled out a form. And then when you email them, that's fine. Cause yeah. you're responding to their email. Um, but 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 imagine from the customer experience side, yeah. the first thing they get is like, hey, 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 it's Eric. Like, thank you so much for showing interest in our company. Like, here's a couple things about us. Here's some clients that we've done some great work for. Um, I know buying software is really, the, that remarketing video, yeah. that. But obviously tailored a little bit more to the fact that it's going through an email. True. But having that be the first touch point, yeah. I think it'll make a big difference. We'll, we'll try it out. Yeah. yeah and there, there are tools that can make the video small enough that it goes, it embeds right into the thing. Okay. So they can like play it right from there. As they don't have to go off to YouTube. Something like that. Okay. No, it's like, uh, like, uh, it like kind of embeds it okay. almost. Can you do that? Okay. Well, There's, we'll, yeah, there we'll are, there we'll are tools. We'll look at it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that would do well from just like the building that rapport in the beginning. Yeah. All right. That was just a random thought. I like it. I was thinking of a drip. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess, um, yeah, I do have to take off in a little bit. But, you know, I guess like, so thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for coming, man. I know uh, we've, you know, we've spoken a couple of times in the past. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's been fun. We had lunch. what was, I don't even know what it was about. Three Brewers. Oh, when yeah. you were doing BizDev. Right, you, right. You, 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 you exactly. hit me up on LinkedIn. Right, that's that's how it happened. Love yeah. it. So, yeah, but thanks for coming by. Yeah, maybe we can uh, maybe we can do another one, like, down the line. Yeah. I, I like, I'm, I'm kind of screwing around with the idea of, like, six months later or whatever. There's, like, a, hey, what have you guys tested? What what did I say that worked? What did right, okay. Work? That's um, not bad. Yeah, and just to see where you are. Yeah. It gives me more content, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> from a greedy standpoint. <laughs> no, it's all good, definitely. We're going to have you back on our, our, on our show, Absolutely. too. So. Thanks a lot. All right, man.